1: Hi, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And today I want to focus on the entry of the Ottoman Empire into the First World War and the two months of uh, intrigue from August to October 1914, where the CUP, the Committee of Union and Progress, the, the government, Of the Ottoman Empire uh, attempted to play the uh, the Germans uh, and the uh, Allied powers off uh, against one another, um, and in order to um, maintain a position of advantageous neutrality for as long as possible, uh, in order to uh, draw out greater concessions from Germany. Since 1898, Um, the uh, Kaiser Wilhelm uh, II of Germany had maintained a a, a fascination with uh, the Ottoman Empire and with the Islamic world in general not out of any kind of late Victorian Orientalism but because he could see that both the French and the British Empires and the Russian Empires contained large numbers of Muslim subjects and this was a, uh, a potential uh, weapon that could be wielded uh, against them. The Kaiser had presented himself uh, the friend of Islam or the, the friend of um, Muslim peoples and, he, and the protector of, of Muslim peoples. And he believed that if a, as an advantageous relationship could be made... Uh, with the uh, Ottoman Empire then these these hundreds of millions of uh, Islamic subjects of the three empires but particularly the British Empire uh, could be induced to rise up uh, by the the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire to whom almost all of them looked as the head of the caliphate or the the key lead spiritual figure of the Islamic faith. And um, this is obviously not to to ignore the various um, uh, different groupings within Islam um, and the different uh, perspectives and uh, views um, within Islam, but it was in the calculations of the Kaiser the easiest way to undermine uh, all of Germany's Uh, major enemies. So this was initially the interest that the Kaiser had in the Ottoman Empire and things such as the the Berlin Baghdad Railway uh, were a a, a key manifestation of of that interest. It it later transpires that um, actually a lot of these um, beliefs were misplaced during the First World War um, Muslim soldiers fought for all three empires and the uh, the various provocations of the Ottoman Empire didn't seem to make uh, an awful lot of difference. In the case of the British Empire, Indian troops sent to fight the Turks in uh, the Sinai um, region, in Palestine, in Mesopotamia, uh, contained uh, large numbers of uh, Muslim soldiers. Um, who fought for Britain or fought for British India uh, regardless of whether they were fighting another Islamic uh, power or not. Another key interest of Germany in drawing the uh, Ottoman Empire into the First World War was the ability to wage war in the Black Sea. The Black Sea uh, was Russia's only um, set of uh, only sort of uh, shoreline with warm water ports. Uh, The Baltic froze in the winter, as did the uh, Arctic uh, Pacific ports that the uh, Russians had. And so the only chance of getting out all year round into the Mediterranean comes from the Black Sea. And the Black Sea is uh, pinched off by uh, the Bosphorus and the Dardanelles, which were controlled by the Ottoman Empire. This was obviously a stretch, uh, or a channel that the Russians wished to control for themselves. And One of their key war aims was the seizure of Constantinople, returning it back to Orthodox Christianity after 600 years, and also controlling uh, the Bosphorus. So the Germans uh, were hoping that they would be able to sail uh, up the... Ottoman-controlled Bosporus into the Black Sea and wage war on Russia's Black Sea fleet, destroying that, uh, shelling um, ports, uh, Sevastopol, Odessa, and um, other ports along the Black Sea coastline, along the Crimea, and uh, perhaps even invading uh, Russia from the south. And during August 1914 two uh, German ships, the Goben uh, and the Breslau, uh, run the gauntlet of British naval squadrons in the Mediterranean and make it all the way to Constantinople. They're given safe harbour there by uh, the the Ottomans. Um, And this coincides with one of uh, Churchill's characteristically uh, poorly thought-through decisions um, of uh, assuming that the Ottomans would join with Germany, uh, and therefore um, cancelling the sale of two warships that had been constructed by the Vickers Company in Britain, uh, that had been ordered by a newly modernising Turkey during the 1910s, uh, cancelling these um, almost completely completed ships, um, cancelling the sale of them, To the Ottoman Empire, this enraged the Ottomans. The Ottomans said, "Well, you you owe us tens of millions in compensation." And Churchill basically said, "Well, you know, uh, it's probably better to string out the negotiations here than to line their pockets because they'll probably join with the Ottomans anyway, and that'll be uh, the Germans anyway, and that'll be money pouring into enemy hands." Well, it was not a done deal that the Ottomans were going to join with Germany. But this um, blunder uh, enraged public opinion and enraged uh, political opinion in the Ottoman Empire and pushed them closer to um, a position of uh, supporting Germany. And the CUP cabinet that uh, was equally divided over the issue. The Germans had uh, a set of fairly large asks for their uh, Ottoman friends. Um, The uh, Souchon, who was the captain uh, of the uh, Goben uh, and the commander of the uh, German uh, squadron, wanted and had pledged to the Kaiser that he would take Germany's war into the Black Sea. The uh, Ottomans were unwilling to allow this and the uh, in order to prevent uh, a major diplomatic incident, and in order to prevent the British intervening and sinking sailing directly into um, the Bosphorus and up to Constantinople to sink the Gobin and the Breslau, these ships were transferred nominally to Ottoman uh, control. Um, the uh, as window dressing for all of this. The crew wore uh, the, the German crew wore fezzes and they raised the Turkish flag, but it was still a a German warship under under German command. And um, Suchon himself uh, was given uh, a uh, an Ottoman uh, admiralty, but when that happened, he was forced to declare that he would obey Ottoman orders. And if those Ottoman orders said, don't go attacking the Russians. Then he he had to to stick by that. During nineteen fourteen, during the um, the uh, August and September of nineteen fourteen, the strategic position in Europe of Germany and Austria Hungary counts for an awful lot in terms of Ottoman decision making. The um, rapid uh, march. Belgium and northern France in the um, Schlieffen uh, campaign plan and the uh, terrific victories that um, Ludendorff and Hindenburg uh, win over uh, Samsonov at the uh, Battle of Tannenberg and the Missourian Lakes uh, suggest too many who are on the pro-German side in um, the Ottoman cabinet, that Germany is going to win very quickly and it would be advisable to hitch one's wagons to, um, to Germany uh, as soon as. Germany had all but promised that many of the unequal treaties that had been imposed upon the Ottoman Empire um, during, from the Crimean War onwards uh, would be undone. Uh, in the event of a, a German victory. Uh, but in order to sort of cement this, the Ottomans really need to be to be helping out. The Ottomans find this very attractive, and um, the, the laws that have been heaped upon them uh, involved everything such a, uh, from um, the kind of humiliations that places like China had experienced, such as extraterritoriality for uh, European citizens, that European citizens could swan around the Ottoman Empire uh, knowing that they were uh, protected by the law, but kind of existing slightly above the law, not being really punishable by uh, uh, ottoman um, uh, Ottoman courts this and uh, heavy financial penalties and the uh, ability of uh, european um, In financial institutions, to dictate to the Ottoman Empire certain aspects of um, taxing and spending, and um, these kinds of things that third world countries around, um, third world countries in the 20th and 21st centuries are uh, very well aware of. Um, These were the the sort of the humiliations and punishments meted out on uh, the Ottoman Empire for its uh, gradual declining economic and military and strategic uh, status during the the 19th century, and they were anxious to rid themselves of them uh, very quickly. Um, In September 1914, the Ottoman Empire, um, shifting towards belligerence, unilaterally uh, repudiates many of its debts and obligations and and says, um, as far as we're concerned, Uh, The the kind of interferences of foreigners, or particularly of uh, Westerners, uh, no longer apply to us. And the um, position, uh, this is based on uh, Germany's uh, uh, successes on the battlefield in in the first few weeks of the war. However, there are some uh, alarming reversals too. Um, The Battle of the Marne, for example. Um, is a German failure. Once the Battle of the Marne is decided and the British and the French hold the line at the River Marne and prevent the Germans from seizing Paris, the quick war is off. The quick war is uh, never going to be won uh, and it is something that um, the, the uh, Ottomans uh, take on board very, uh, very, very Rapidly, they, they realise that this is going to be a war of, of, of attrition, of the long haul. In addition to that, as far as Austria-Hungary goes, um, the uh, mauling that the Russians took um, in 1914 is actually slightly proportionately less in terms of uh, size and manpower than the mauling um, in terms of um, dead, wounded and prisoners captured that the Austro-Hungarians take in the same couple of months. So um, the uh, central powers, starting off very well, are actually exposed as being more weak and vulnerable than um, was previously realised. And this is something, once again, that the Ottomans appreciate. And the Ottomans think, hold on a moment, We're in quite, we have quite a good hand here. Um, the this kind of slightly uh, unrealistic dream that the Kaiser once had about uh, using us to um, cause a, a great Islamic uprising from uh, Morocco to Calcutta, well, that's probably uh, unlikely to to happen, even if uh, the Sultan does demand these things. However, um, What we can do is we can supply manpower, um, we can supply, uh, you know, we can begin additional fronts of the war, um, and we can also uh, cause a great deal of havoc not only in the Black Sea but also in Britain's uh, Middle Eastern positions, uh, particularly in Egypt. And so we can divert, uh, we can fight to divert troops away from Europe but we weren't paying. The, uh, the Ottoman Empire, um, going on to, uh, from August 1914 onwards, onto a semi-war footing, um, after two months, had virtually bankrupted itself. Keeping men in the field for the Ottomans is extremely expensive. And also, because you're looking at a, a predominantly agricultural society, uh, much like Russia, um, the problem that ha- um, was encountered was that these were men who needed to be bringing in harvests, these were men who needed to be working the land, and they couldn't be kept in uniform uh, permanently uh, without uh, massive uh, injections of cash from from Germany. So the the Ottomans really, instead of uh, becoming... A force of religious radicalism. They present themselves as as a, a gigantic mercenary army. They said, "You pay us, and we show up." Um, and the Germans initially think, "Okay, well, we'll send you five million, uh, but for that five million, um, we need which is, works out at about two point five billion today. Uh, we need a, a massive mobilisation, um, and we need." you to be fighting on a variety of fronts, the Suez and the Black Sea particularly. Um, And so this is what happened. uh, In order to launch a campaign on the Suez, uh, which was hoped to be timed uh, alongside the the Battle of the Marne, but events took place very, very rapidly on the Western Front, but generally very slowly uh, on other fronts. Uh, So these two things didn't coincide. In order to uh, bring about this campaign, however, uh, the uh, Ottomans demanded uh, the best uh, new German equipment, particularly uh, German artillery, uh, be shipped to them. And this was a possibility. Um, There was a a land route from Germany to the Ottoman Empire and there was also perhaps a more hazardous sea route. It was October 1914 when finally uh, the the die was cast. Despite the fact that the war cabinet continued prevaricating and continued um, playing for time and attempting to present themselves as being sympathetic to Germany without actually doing anything, causing the Germans immense frustration, um, the Germans decided to force the, uh, the hand of the, uh, the Ottomans. Now, here we get into one of these strange points in, in history where everyone basically knows what's happening, but no one's really able to articulate it. The cabinet had not made a decision, so Suchon decided that uh, whether anyone liked it or not, he was going to stick to his pledge and sail into the Black Sea and make war uh, against uh, Russia. But he was going to do it with two German warships sailing Otto- uh, uh, with Otto- under Ottoman flags and a, a small uh, squadron of Ottoman ships crewed by uh, Ottoman commanders. But because Suchon was a um, now a, an Ottoman admiral, um, he was able to command them as he saw fit. Um, he was given... Uh, by the Grand Weizier, um sealed envelopes with orders in to be opened in the event of war. Um, Souchon didn't open these ever. In fact, he took his instructions from the uh, German Admiralty and said, basically, I'm just going to go and do um, a naval exercise in the Black Sea. Um, we're not going to fire at anyone if there's a terrible accident and, German and Russian ships get sunk or my guns accidentally go off, then, oops, I suppose we'll be at war. So the Germans knew this was going to happen. It seems almost impossible that the Ottomans didn't know, given that hundreds of their sailors were uh, embarking on uh, a, a path to war. And it seems impossible. The Russians didn't know it was going to happen as well. The Russians openly welcomed war with the Ottoman Empire. Um, The Russians, by the way, had more spies in Constantinople uh, than anywhere else and were able to... um, And they they even had spies within uh, the CUP government. So they knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew that if there was a war, and it was a war of belligerence, and it was a war where the Turks attacked... Uh, then there was nothing stopping them from marching all the way to Constantinople and conquering it um, and in, you know, morally and um, in, in terms of legitimacy. And it meant that a war of aggression uh, at the final peace conference would be far more harshly punished um, than um, a, a war um, where Russia was the aggressor. Russia remembered bitterly uh, its experience of the Russo-Turkish War uh, and its outcome in 1878 when uh, at the Congress of Berlin, despite the achievements of the Russians, the gains of the Russians, the um, outcome was pretty meagre and they were given a small Bulgarian state and uh, lost out on a number of other uh, key demands. So getting uh, a peace treaty right... Get um, in from a Russian perspective, um, heavily depended on the nature of the war. So you ideally you, you kind of want to goad uh, the Ottomans into um, a preemptive strike. So on the twenty eighth and the 29th of October, nineteen fourteen, these uh, naval attacks take place, and uh, two days later, the cabinet convenes to discuss this alarming matter, which, in all fairness, they had not sanctioned or authorised, though there were a significant number of cabinet members who uh, approved of it. Now, Sean McMeekin, in his brilliant book, Ottoman Endgame, writes, On Sunday, October the 31st, 1914, the CUP convened its 27 most senior officials to discuss the attacks. Now that war was truly imminent, uh, Enver's supposedly crushing pro-interventionist majority softened to uh, about 17 to 10 the grand vizier javid bey joined by the ministers of trade labor and the postal service all threatened to resign in protest at suchon's action to soothe tempers said halim pasha suggested that a note of apology be delivered to the russian government when the germans got wind of this Captain Heumann was deputised to warn his friend Enver that that Germany could easily sign a separate peace with St. Petersburg on the basis of partitioning Turkey. Enver, to reassure the Germans, uh, inserted the phrase into the Ottoman Apology, um, handed over over, um, on November 1st, 1914, expressing regret for the hostile act provoked by the Russian fleet. McMekin adds, by this point in the will she or won't she drama over Ottoman belligerents, an honest man would have a hard time stomaching the duplicity at the Sublime Port. Entente bribe offers to keep Turkey out of the war had been shown to be insincere when the European ambassadors protested at the abolition of capitulations uh, in September. Um, though no more insincere than um, the ultimately rescinded promise to accept their abolition, rather than the duress back in uh, uh, August. Britain, protesting every warlike act committed by Sushun or Enver, was nonetheless blockading the Dardanelles, uh, no less an act of war by any reasonable definition than the, the sealing off of the waterway by the Turks. Russia's ambassador Gers had spent weeks rehearsing his shocked Shock response to the attack he had repeatedly warned Sazanov and the Black Sea fleet was coming soon. Said Sy- Halim Pasha was a model of pacifism when meeting the British, French and Russian ambassadors and itching to annihilate Russia's fleet when speaking to the Germans. Enver, a useful battering ram for the subtler Grand Vizier, kept dangling Ottoman belligerents before the Germans, only to snatch it away at the last minute, even after they had paid the money he said was requiring required to bring Turkey into the war. Of course, Turkey goes to war, uh, and the, the fact that war um, becomes an inevitability for Turkey um, is perhaps slightly, um, slightly missed by um, the CUP um, until the, the, the final hours. But Turkey goes to war uh, as an ally of Germany because there is virtually nothing else that is possible following Sushan's attack on the Black Sea. Anyway, um, I hope you found this useful and interesting, and I'll carry on. We're going to do some more on the Ottoman Empire this year, um, and we'll be uh, focusing on uh, the Ottoman Empire's war uh, in the series fairly shortly. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast.